born in the USA to death to my hometown. This is you springin' Springsteen on my bean. The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things Bruce. This is good rock and roll. Music? Adam, you're nodding along to our theme song. You like it. I think this might be my favorite song. What is this? (laughs) This is Cadillac Ranch, of course. That's so good. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Um, You spring and spring scene on my bean. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the album Tunnel of Love uh, by Bruce Springsteen. And uh, my name is Scott Ackerman. I'm the host of the show. I'll be guiding you throughout everything happening today. And sitting at my two uh, is a man named Adam Scott. Hello. Hi. Great to see you. Okay. Take care. Oh, no, no, no. You still have to do the oh, entire episode. Did you think you traveled all the way out here to the studio just to say hello? Yes. Uh, your studio, I traveled all the way out on Catalina Island. Oh, you were on. You were at Catalina? No, that's where your studio oh, is. Oh, right. Yes, you took a helicopter. <laughs> Did you forget? I forgot where I am. Well, you I know. I rode all the way out here. Rode what? Uh, a boat. <laughs> Oh, you wrote R O W E D, not yeah. R O D E. Oh, I thought you rode a horse. Nope. You literally rode a rowboat all the way out to my studio. All the way here. Uh, I'm tired. Yeah, it's a I can long. Imagine. It's a long row. You're you're very sweaty. You're gleaming yes. with sweat. I counted the amount of actual pulls oh. rows I had to endure. Do you count the, just here. the ones towards you, or do you count the ones away from you as well? I count. Uh, ones away and towards you as one. Okay, that's a one. Okay, that's and, one. Okay, and how many rows did you did it take? Three, three. That's right. So those are powerful rows. Yeah, <laughs> I, I put. I mean, I put all my strength into it. You put your back into it. So, yep. so it's. Uh, uh, let me let me look up the amount of miles from where did you uh, uh, where did you sail from? Long Beach. Okay, Long Beach. To Catalina in miles. Sorry, before I went to Catalina, I stopped by, stopped off in San Francisco, and then oh, Catalina. And then? Okay. Yes. So you. So how that. how many rows were, was it to to San Francisco, and then was it? I'm one talking dis- whole trip, whole trip three, three rows. So it must be one row to San Francisco. Yep. Then another row all the way back to about Long Beach, and then another row to Catalina. I had to stop in Long Beach again. I should have said this. <laughs> okay, one row to San Francisco. One, one row to San Francisco. One row back to Long Beach. And I realized when I was at Long Beach and I was about to turn and do one last row to get to you here on Catalina, I realized I forgot my wallet. Oh, no. Yeah. You need your wallet? Yeah. So what, if I, the, what if the boat police pull you over? Exactly. Because I'm going fast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I had to stop off uh, in Long Beach, get in my car, drive up to, uh, you know, uh, like Los Angeles where we live. Right, right. Uh, go home. I didn't have my keys, my house keys. I only had my car keys because I left my house no. keys in San Francisco. You left your house keys in San Francisco. That's right. That Just like song. the song. Wow. Yeah. The song is I Left My Heart in San Francisco, 
uh, but for our listeners, yeah, but Tony Scott, Bennett. Every, Tony Bennett used to talk about it. He'd say, "Hey, everybody! So anytime I sing hard, I mean car keys." Exactly. And everyone's like, yeah, or house keys. So I realized I needed to go to the key store. Oh no! You know that key, place? Yeah, yeah, the one in uh, in L.A. No, San Diego. So, oh, so you had to go all the way down to San I Diego. Drove down to San Diego. To the key store. To That's the, key the best store. key store, though. And what you do is you give them your address. Yeah. They put that through the computer. Boop, 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 yep. boop, 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 boop. You pay Three, them. 3D five, printer. You pay them 500 doll hairs. Right. Just doll hairs. <laughs> Where'd you get all these doll hairs, by the way? I keep them in the trunk of my car, just a yeah. glad bag. If you are if you ever are out there on the street and you see just a, a doll Lying by the side of the road. Oh, man. That's prime doll hair material. Grab those right doll there. hairs. <laughs> right. So you pay, and then they 3D print a key that goes- 3D print it. Because everyone's everyone's houses are in the database. Oh, yeah. You can get it in, in, a key to any house. Yeah. Um, but it's expensive. You know, I mean, it's you're paying a premium. Hairs. 500 doll hairs. Which is about, how many doll hairs are on each doll? I would say, like, hmm. only That's about- good. 250 hairs per doll probably so was, this two, is the amount of like two dolls two dolls worth of doll hairs yeah <laughs> so and dolls you, these days how much do they cost these days oh i mean at least a thousand doll hairs <laughs> right so you're having to buy like the four slang, dolls to, to the slang for 500 doll hairs is just two dolls right right so you you have to you have to pay four dolls to get one doll this is a losing right. proposition. No, it's expensive. It's and so expensive. It doesn't make economic sense. No. But in any case, then you drove back up to Drove LA. back up to Los Angeles. Uh, drove back the down. Ski. Uh, got my- Got your wallet. Got my wallet. Drove back down to Long Beach? Or but you, you know, it ended up I had my wallet. Where was it? It was in my pocket. Which pocket? It was the breast pocket of my tuxedo. I oh. realized whenever I wear a tuxedo, I put my wallet in my Just breast Just in case pocket. you get shot in the chest. Yeah, and you It'll gotta, stop the bullet. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so bummer, but I got to you know go down and uh, go down to San Diego, which I love going to Sand Dog. Oh, it's beautiful down there. Yeah, Sando, the Sa Gaslight District. Sand Dog, Sand Dog, <laughs> the Gaslight. Oh, everyone loves to gaslight down there. Uh, the Gaslight. Great. Everyone just making up stories, stories. and excuses. <laughs> um, You're crazy for thinking this. And then I got uh, back in my boat, one yeah, row. One row all the way out here. And that was I, like 20 minutes ago I got here. Yeah, I have to say you're five days late. I am. Oh, you know why? Uh, why? Because of everything I just told you. <laughs> <laughs> well, th that's amazing. Um, Thanks. You didn't even, I mean, one row took you from Long Beach to San Francisco. I, I would imagine you would only need to do like, a, it's only 30 miles from Long Beach to Catalina. So I, I know. bet you just did like a little tiny row. Yeah, just a tug. Just, 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 just a brief a, tug. A quick shot. Uh -huh. I was there. Yeah. Wow. I mean, well, thanks for coming. I'm sorry you're five days late, but. Uh, no, I appreciate it. Appreciate what? <laughs> Me saying you're five days late or the thanks for coming part? No, I appreciate everything. I appreciate just being here and you okay. saying uh, hello and stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, That's welcome great. to the show. Thanks. Um, Adam, I, I, we, we played our new theme song, Cadillac Ranch. Is it new? Yeah. Hasn't it been on for like for a couple episodes? of weeks? Yeah. Something like that. Um, and okay. then in the, in the last episode, we played, uh, this song here. Well, you may 
this one of the B-sides? This is a B-side for Born in the USA. Pink Cadillac. Yeah. And you this this song you hated almost as much as Cadillac Ranch. Did I? Yeah. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but he he plays this from time to time live. He does. He? Uh but but what's interesting about the two songs uh Cadillac Ranch and Pink Cadillac is I noticed that there's a through line with these songs. <laughs> Can yeah. you guess what it is? <laughs> is it that there's a Cadillac in the title? Well, they're both by Bruce Springsteen in a macro well, sorry. sense. Yes, so, both Bruce Springsteen songs. Yeah, but in a micro sense, yeah, I would say the, that's the commonality they share is they're both about Cadillacs. And I started thinking like, well, maybe Adam just hates songs about Cadillacs. Hmm. So I've gathered a, a grouping of songs about Cadillacs. Okay. And I want to see, uh, we're, I'm g- we're going to play them and you give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Did I say last last episode that i did not like that song yes. Pink cadillac okay yes okay so I, I i will say that i like it more than the cadillac ranch yes okay. quite a bit more but do you like it it's the, n- not particular <laughs> okay all right so let's play some cadillac songs okay and we'll see if you like any of them okay this is the renegades Well, my baby drew up in a brand new Cadillac My baby drew up in a brand new Cadillac What do we think, Adam? She ain't never ever coming back Yeah, I feel like I've definitely heard other versions of this song. I think fundamentally i just don't give a shit about cadillacs so okay, well, i just gonna, don't get what we're what, gonna determine that so you, why that's a they're no. singing about them that's a no okay yeah. this is uh, an artist by the name of joyce green i caught you cheating and running round Song called Black Cadillac. Oh, yeah, you think you want. Oh, baby, don't you can't come back. What do we think, Adam? I like this quite a bit more. I, I think, do you like it, though? Yeah, I like that, actually. You it like sounds, this? You give it a thumbs up. Yeah, it's, it sounds like it's a, about a lot more than the, the Cadillac, just is her mode of transportation. Transpor- transporting this person she wants dead. Yes. So you like this? You would listen to it for pleasure? Uh yeah, I think it's fine. Like you would put this on on a, a play house? on a playlist. Sure. What does that mean? On a, why why <laughs> are you? Would, I would put it on a playlist that you would play just have on at home. Why not? You so you would press play on this if? Yeah, I wouldn't seek it out. <laughs> you don't like it. <laughs> okay, this is the Kinks. <laughs> They don't want a Cadillac. Huh. 
Now that's a new spin. They're not talking about how much they love the Cadillac. So you would think I would relate to this. Yeah, I think you would would really be into this. This is like prime Adam Scott material here. It seems that Cadillacs were a huge part of popular culture (laughs) back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was the ultimate status symbol. Yeah, so what do we And I just don't relate to that. So you don't like this? It's fine. I I don't don't like it. I don't care. (laughs) Here's the clash. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know this song. You know this song? Yeah. And you don't like it? No, I I like it. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) You hate it. (laughs) What is it with the fucking Cadillacs? Okay, this is Ariana Grande. What do we think? We no. Okay, last song. This is Natalie Cole. Not bad, right? I mean, so far, it's 10 out of 10. So far, this is the best, right? Isn't there an Aretha Franklin song, too? Freeway of Love in my pink Cadillac, yeah. You may think I'm fooling for the foolish things I do. Oh, this is the same song. <laughs> is it, did Springsteen write this song? Springsteen wrote this, yes. This is pink Cadillac. Turned into a hit for her. I think I like this uh, a lot more. <laughs> this is a hit for her? Uh, yeah, relatively. Good for her. Good for her. Of course, she came roaring back into the spotlight with Unforgettable. Unforgettable, the duet with her deceased father. Was this pre-Unforgettable or post-Unforgettable? Pre-Unforgettable. Now, post her father's version, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, before she reinvented herself as a balladress. She passed away, which is strange. I... I, I think you, I realized think that she, recently and didn't know that she had she had died. It was, you didn't think she ever would? I didn't think that would ever happen. <laughs> it was eight years ago. Is that right? Yeah. In 2015. She was 65. Not, I mean, not horrible. She had, And lived a great life, had a top five hit with the song Pink Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear. <laughs> so Cadillacs are the issue for you. So if any song is about a Cadillac, you're you're just predisposed to not. My like issue it. is if a song is going to end up being about a Cadillac, chances are I'm not gonna love everything that surrounds it. By the uh, way, what, what kind of car do you drive? I don't I don't need to discuss that with you. Is it a Cadillac? Okay, fine. It's a Cadillac. <laughs> well, I have then, a, I have several Cadillacs. Well then what's your what's your beef? 
I don't like people blowing up my spot. Oh, I see. You, know? you don't like anyone else to know that I don't like want, is a good car? I don't want anyone else to know. I don't want anyone else to like them. So you want, when you drive down the street, people to say, look at that shitty Cadillac. Boo. Yes. <laughs> Actually, and they're not booing you. They're saying Bruce. Bruce. Because of his songs, Cadillac what's, Ranch. What's and the difference? Cadillac. What is the difference? Boy, uh, that was a fun game. What it do you was think? a journey. Truly and was. so was it like one for six? I kind of like the Natalie Cole. I kind of like that like third one you played too. I forget yeah, who the artist. Yeah, no, you weren't yeah. convinced of that. I don't think you liked it. Okay. You were trying to say you liked it. Yeah. It was fine. It was like background music to you. Yes. When you say on a playlist, like you put it on with a bunch of songs you do like, and then yes. you just zone out during it. But that. then a lot of the others or something, if it was background music, I would be trying to figure out how to skip it. <laughs> and how would you figure out how to skip it? Would you have to look up the owner's manual on your stereo yeah. equipment? By the time I figured it out, it would be on to the next Cadillac song. <laughs> well, um, you got to share that playlist with me, by the way. The full on Cadillac playlist? Yeah, yeah I definitely will. Yeah, I'll, I'll make uh, someone out there. If you're a fan of this show, and uh, we really hope you are, um, yeah. make a Cadillac playlist of all your favorite Cadillac songs and, and share it with Adam. <laughs> um, yeah. P.O. Box. What's your P.O. Box again? Four two nine one seven three six six seven twelve. Apostrophe. Apostrophe. Pound sign. Mm-hmm. Question mark. Question mark. Four, four, mm-hmm. three. Spelled out though, right? Three. Yeah, three. T H R E A. E A. Oh. Just for the, in this one instance. Dash. Dash. Zero, zero, three, mm-hmm. seven, two, mm-hmm. seven, seven. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. Seven, seven. Got it. Seven, but S E numeral seven. Oh, like E-N, the movie. Like the movie. Okay. Dash one. That's it. That's it. Okay. And, and is there a town or uh, you're taking a victory Ter- lap with your drink, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> like, congratulations. Very dramatically raised the can to his lips, like, good bit. <laughs> uh, Terre Haute, Indiana. Terre Haute, Indiana, of course. And uh, send that playlist. I guess they can't send like a link. They can send a piece of paper. Piece of paper or a phone. A phone with the playlist. A smartphone, yeah, with the playlist ready loaded. To go. Yeah. Sort of like the uh, U2 uh, record that was preloaded on. Yeah. Phones. Uh, I- iPhones, I believe, is what it was. Yes, it was iPhones. That's right. That went well. That went really well for them. Yeah. (laughs) If there is a demarcation point in their career, it's strange to say, but that that is literally the before and after after of their career. It's so strange. Um, Adam, I I did want to say I went to uh, see a band I liked the other night. Oh. um, At the Terragram Ballroom here in downtown Los Angeles. And uh, a band called Deer Tick. I've had them on. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On my sister's How show, was that? CBBFM. Uh, it was an incredible show. Oh, good. And uh, they played a, uh, a cover of a Bruce song. Really? And uh, they put it out uh, commercially as well. Mm. And uh, you know, let's hear a little bit All of right. what he's saying. It's not Pink Cadillac. Too bad. 
I like it. Yeah, that's good. It, Where did uh, they play? At the aforementioned Terraground Ballroom. Oh, yeah, you said that. <laughs> where is that? I don't know where that is. So what do you want me to give you an address? No. Or? You can look this stuff up, by the way. I guess like I could. Anything I mention here on the show, you can make a mental note. And Go then... to the library and look it up on the <laughs> microfiche? Yeah. Okay. Did you ever look up anything on the microfiche when you were young? No, it's just for, you know... Movies, uh, John Grisham movies. Seems yeah, what that's for. Have he, you ever looked anything up on microfiche? I think I used. Yeah, I, I had to back when I was doing book reports or not not book reports, but like reports in yeah. late high school or something. Yeah, like they had one in your high school library. No, they had it in the public library, but hmm. it was open to the public. It was nice. Yeah, it's nice when a public library as, is. As long as you you know had a membership card. Sure. You know what I mean? Library card? Yeah. So it was open to the public as long as you had one of those. So it was pretty exclusive. Okay, fantastic. John Grisham, they called him Mr. Microfiche, didn't they? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mr. Microfiche himself. Uh, Here we go, Mr. Microfiche. At it again. at it again. What's your favorite John Grisham? Oh, wait, is this an episode of What's Your Favorite John Grisham? Yeah. A mean one, Mr. Grish. You really are a heel. Hey, everyone! Welcome to What's Your Favorite, John Grisham. This is Scott, and this is Scott, and we're talking John Grisham. Oh man, our favorite, favorite author. Oh, by far, Mr. Microfiche. Ugh, Mr. Microfiche himself. Now, Scott, what's your favorite, John Grisham? I would have to say probably jurisprudence alert. Oh yeah, that's a that's good a one. That's a good one, right? That is re- it's 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 fun because you learn about the law, but it's also suspenseful if that makes sense. I guess so. I mean, I didn't think it was that suspenseful because I kind of saw everything that was coming okay. a mile away. Like on the first page, John Grisham basically says like Hey, by the way, this is what happens. This is what happens and I don't want you to be too scared. Yeah. So this is what happens. Spoiler alert in case you just want to read the book without this. But And then he just breaks down everything that's going to happen for about 500 pages. Yeah. And then... But still, really fun. Really fun. And then the last page is, hey, just read the previous 500 pages if you want to know what happens. That's so interesting. So yeah. the book ends and he's like, hey, if you don't, if you didn't get it... Just read the read everything that read just the happened. Intro. Yeah, yeah. Read the intro. That's great cool. movie though. Really good movie. I love Matt Damon in it. Super good as always. Yeah, yeah. That was a good movie. That was back when uh, it was Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. That was back when they were 
That was like their big break. Right? Their big break, yeah. That was back when they were different ages, though. Matt Damon was um, 25 years older than him. Right. And then Ben Affleck just caught up. Yeah. That happens a lot with yeah. uh, writing and acting duos. Yeah. What's your favorite John Grisham? Uh, book or movie? That's a good one. Book or movie? Yeah. Yeah, I've, it was an early one, but I thought it was uh, him sort of in his prime, his early prime. His early prime, yeah. 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 The, he had several primes. Also- He had early prime, yeah. middle prime, late prime, and Amazon prime. He's uh, a member. Yeah, he's definitely a member. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why wouldn't he be? Why wouldn't he be? He's they very, sell so many of his books. Yes, and he's very wealthy. He could- you know, squeeze out that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that, have to pay for shipping. Squeeze out that forty buckaroonies. That, that monthly uh, nut. He can cover it, and that's great for him. It's good for him. Yeah, I mean, some would say he's so wealthy. Why does he even need a prime membership? He you could know just what? He's so wealthy. It. He could uh, start his own Amazon-like service just yeah. for himself. Grisham's on. That's right. Grisham Prime. I would pay for it. So would I. I mean, we love him. He's our favorite author. He's the best. So, uh, early prime, yeah, for John Grisham. Early prime. I love that book too. What was early it about? prime. Early, oh, early prime is good. Yeah, yeah, that was in his late prime. Yeah, that was definitely later prime was when he wrote early prime. Yeah, but what was Booker movie about? Booker movie was uh, it's this fascinating case uh, that was. Uh, taken on by a young upstart lawyer who didn't know what the hell he was doing. Oh man, I love that. Yeah, that type of character in a John Grisham thing. Brand new to this law firm. Yeah, stumbling around, wet behind the ears. Also wet in his diaper a lot. Of yeah, times. he has a. He's six months old. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this older mentor. It was kind of a, a prequel to Boss Baby, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Uh, no one knows that uh, yeah. in, until now. Until now, yeah, we were revealing it. Yep. Really good. Uh, the older mentor kind of guides him along, holds him by the hand because he can't walk. Right, yeah. And so it's necessary. Helps him around the law firm. Yeah. And- Changes his diapy. Changes his diapy. First day, people are the, yeah. like stacking law books on his desk. Like, take care of this, take care of this. Mm -hmm. He's like, wah, wah. <laughs> He can't even talk. <laughs> he just says, wah. Yeah. And they go, oh, I think he's hungry. So they, yeah. so one of the lawyers whips out her titty, I remember. And I don't know about that. <laughs> you don't know about I that? I don't know about that. Did you skip that page? I must have. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't in the movie. Oh, wait, this is a movie too? Yeah, Terry Garr uh, played the, the judge. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, the judge is a good part. Great role. Yeah. The judge walks in and says, oh, wrong courtroom, and then turns around and walks out. That's it. That's the role. <laughs> she won an Oscar. <laughs> she won an Oscar yeah. for it. It's yeah. incredible. It was really good. So that's my favorite. Yeah. I mean, not bad. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. You're a mean one. Mr. Grish. You really are a hero. Good up. Yeah. I like that those guys know what they're doing, know what they're talking about. Plus, they revealed some incredible information about the prequel to Boss Baby. Cool entertainment news. Yeah. Incre where do you get your entertainment news usually? Oh, man. Where don't I get my entertainment news? Okay. Let's, let's start there, I guess, where okay. you don't get I it. I don't get it. Uh, here. 
I, but I could well, tell you, you just provided you me a piece of inter- entertainment news, to be honest. That? Or not you, but that podcast that we were just listening to. Oh, right, to. yeah. So you did get some here. I got some here. So I'm going to check that. Okay, right where else don't you get entertainment news? Um, The Fjord. The Fjord. Yeah. So the, the fjords of like Finland. And right. I don't get my entertainment have you, news Have you ever there. been there? No. I bet if you went, you could probably get some entertainment news. Maybe, but I've never been there, so I've never gotten entertainment okay. news from there. Where else do you not get your... I feel like this is taking longer than if I just asked you where you get your Well, then you news. should ask me that. I started with that. And you did? Yeah, and then you said, where don't I get my entertainment news? And I... I'm sorry. Okay. I. You don't have to apologize necessarily. No, I am. I'm sorry. I... It's okay. I mean, Why it's don't okay. we start over? Okay. Hey, where do you get your entertainment news from? I get it online. Oh, like a website? No, online. Oh, when you're in line for what? Yes, at the grocery store, Gelson's, Ralph's, whatever. Sure. I get my. You don't hop the news. line. You don't hop the line. Say, hey, I I'm, I'm Adam Scott. I don't. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> well, you used to do it. Well, yeah. I mean, of course. Where do you get your entertainment news? Hey, where don't I get my entertainment news? Okay, let's find out. Tell us where you don't get your entertainment news. Okay, uh, Entertainment Weekly. You don't get your entertainment news there. Wouldn't even touch it. Okay. Uh, e News Daily. Okay. Entertainment Tonight. Okay. Um, extra, okay. extra, extra. Yeah. Uh, New York Times, the old gray lady, of course. Um, Deadline Hollywood. Okay. Um, I get it. Those are the places I don't get it. Everywhere okay. else, I get it. Everywhere else. Yeah. What about the fjords? Oh yeah. Oh, I love the fjords. That's where you get your entertainment. News? Oh yeah. The, I remember the last time I was there, and someone was like, "Hey, did you know Alexander Skarsgård is going to be in the final season of Succession?" Whoa! It was incredible. They love him down there. Oh, that's cool. It's cool that because that was a cool piece of entertainment news. It you was. Pro- I had, I had no idea. You I probably like, found out way before, like I did, for instance. Yeah, it was like an hour before that season started. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. I went around trying to tell everybody. I couldn't get you on the horn, though. Yeah. Your it, phone was busy. And then also my horn was busy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> what are you doing with your horn? I'm not going to tell you, but mm. I'll just suffice it to say it was busy. <laughs> it was quite occupied. Yeah. <laughs> Occupado. Well, that's uh, incredible. Um, we're going to be talking about. Did a... you notice me triumphantly taking <laughs> <Yes>. a sip? <system? laughs> Adam has a tick of uh, taking a huge sip on the old uh, water anytime that he feels like he's scored. <laughs> Um, we're going to be talking about the album, uh, what is it called? Tunnel of Love on this episode, but we have to take a break if that's okay, Adam. Can you stick around? Uh, let me think of it. Can we, as we break, can I think about it? Think about it as we go to break and, uh, we're going to come right back and hopefully Adam will still be here. We'll be talking about the album Tunnel of Love. You spring and spring on my being. Hey, welcome back. You spring and Springsteen on my bean. And 
Adam is preemptively eating a Listerine breath mint strip. Is that all you're eating today? I hope not. That Yeah, that's my lunch. That's your lunch? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Adam. I know. I know. You got to stay uh, thin to be on TV these days. You do. You have to stay Listerine strip thin. <laughs> you know, back in, um, I guess, the Renaissance or whatever, the, yeah. the more you weighed, it signified to everyone like, oh, this is a, a wealthy uh, person. Wealthy person. They can afford food. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to that on screen. <laughs> And then all the people who did not weigh very much, it was because they were surviving the plague. and Yeah, but also all they ate were Listerine, Listerine breast strips. breast strips, yeah. So, but I just like, come on, let's go back to that, guys. Yeah. Like Marvel movies and stuff like that. <laughs> Everyone's super fat. <laughs> Please, <laughs> give the rest of us a chance. Um, <clears throat> Adam, we're talking about um, the record's uh, Tunnel of Love. Yeah. On today's show. And do you want to go through some stats? Yes, I do. Okay. Here we go. Now, of course, born in the U.S. of A, that was uh, released June 4th, 1984. Okay. If that gives you some idea of like when that record was released. And it gives me an exact date. So, yeah, it gives me some idea. Yeah, some idea. So this was released three years and approximately four months later, October 2 of 1987. Oh, wow. So that's almost exactly, according to my calculations, Mm -hmm. uh, three years later. And about four months, I would say, yeah. I thought you said October was when. Oh, June. Yeah. Three years and four months. Mm-hmm. Shy about two days. Three years, four months, and two days. Shy two days. And four months. How about three, three years, years? Three months. Three months and 28 days. 28 days later. Ooh. I love film. Wait, is this an episode yeah, of I Love Film? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey everyone, welcome to I Love Film. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And do we even need to say it? We love film! Films. Films. What? Sorry, I I thought we were both saying fuck you to each other. Why would we say fuck you to each other? I just, you you said for a really long time. Let's try that again. Okay, here we go. Ready? We, we love f- fuck, fuck you. you. Bye. <laughs> okay, that was a weird episode. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why we still listen to that show. As far as I could tell, <laughs> they didn't talk about movies or no. films or whatever. We <laughs> just kind of hate each other now. They just said fuck <laughs> you, fuck you and that was it. Yeah, I don't know. Jesus. I feel like they're past their prime. I guess so. Amazon Prime. Oh, I wonder if they're members. <laughs> I hope so. Um, okay, so Tunnel of Love, October 2, 1987. Um, when we last left off with The Boss. The Boss. And the Edible Street Band, um, our boy, 
Mr. Lilyhammer himself. That's right. Lilyhammer Steven. Yeah. Had left the band. Um, he wanted to go solo. Solo, his album sales were. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> come on. No, come you on. did okay. Let's pull our punches. Let's pull our punches. We don't want to do a TKO on Lilyhammer no. Steven here. Um, but um, no, uh, Little Steven left the band. Um, they had a, uh, a Bruce and and little Steven had a big uh, cry sesh over it. Mm. Bobby Jean. But they realized they had to go their separate ways. Uh, Nils Lofgren joined as a guitarist for the Born in the U. Excuse me. You all right? I hiccuped. <laughs> I don't like hiccuping. You know how to stop hiccups? How? You hold your breath. Okay. <gasps> swallow. Ooh. 19 times. <laughs> no, you swallow, you try and swallow like five times, I think. It's not easy. Swallowing five times? You know where I learned that is who's the boss <laughs> when I was a kid. Is and this an works. episode of use, who's, use boss and who's, use, I don't even who's remember. Boss, what, yeah, who's boss and I can't even Bossin? remember. I just heard it and I can't even remember what the title was. So I guess it's not an episode. Anyway. Um, okay, so uh, Nils Lofgren joins the Edible Street Band for the Born in the USA tour. Great guitar player. Great guitar player. We talked about him last week. Now, um, here's the other thing that happens right before the uh, right before the tour is uh, Bruce Springsteen, the guy we're talking about. Uh-huh. Um, he goes. He's a bit of a, 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 a bar fly. Hmm. He goes out there and uh, likes to to tip back a few. Nils Lofgren? Bru- no, the guy that shows... We're not doing a show about Nils Lofgren. Oh, Bruce Springsteen likes to go to a bar. Sure, he likes to go hang out at the bar sometimes, right? He, he admits that in his book. He, All right. He goes to uh, the uh, Stone Pony out there in New Jersey. Yeah, in Asbury Park, where they used to play, where they used to play. He's hanging out, and uh, there's a uh, band that p- starts to play, and uh, a woman by the name of Patty Scalfa is on stage, mm-hmm. and she's playing. I I think he says that the first song she she plays is the "Tell Him, Tell Him You're Never Gonna uh-huh. Leave Her." Tell him, tell him, yeah. And the first thing she says is, "I know." A thing or two about love. Um, he's smitten with her. They yeah. flirt. Mm-hmm. I think they drive around with a group of people afterwards or something like that. And so Bruce Springsteen starts thinking like, okay, little Steven left the band. I kind of want this Patty Scalfa to join the band. Interesting. And he says this for two reasons. One, he wanted better backing vocals mm-hmm. on the songs. Because mm-hmm. at this point, all he's really had is Lily Hammer. Yeah. Uh, kind of half singing, half shouting behind yeah. him in a great way. Uh, but he wants just like more professional backing singers. And she's a great singer. Yeah. And number two, he thinks like, okay, we've started to get so many new fans. And they're, it's not all just dudes anymore. Uh, I want to have some women in the band in order for it to not be just a total sausage party. It's great. That's a direct quote. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great instinct. 
because she is an incredible singer and it does add a lot of richness to uh, mm-hmm. the proceedings. Thank you very much. And a lot of richness to her bank account. I'll tell you that <laughs> oh, much. Going, man, on, her- going on the Born in the USA tour? Not bad on the pocketbook. Uh-uh. So um, she gets hired just three or four days before the tour starts. Um, she's not very well rehearsed, <laughs> they say. Really? Yeah. Uh, under-rehearsed, under-prepared, they say. But she's just kind of thrown into the lion's den. And um, Bruce Springsteen also talks in his book about how uh, he let anyone wear whatever they wanted to wear on the Born in the USA tour. Right. And how awful everyone looked. <laughs> He says one of the guys is wearing like a Cosby sweater and um, he's wearing the denim and the bandanas. And so did he eventually start zeroing in on like let's, how everyone looked? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like before this tour, I think he he was more of a taskmaster about it of like, hey, we all have to wear this yeah. kind of thing. But for this tour, he was just like, hey, whatever. You guys wear whatever. And everyone looked like shit. They looked insane. <laughs> so... Uh, Patty, I think, comes into his dressing room on opening night and is like, what do you think about this? And she's got like a white blouse and some jeans or something. And he's like, uh, lose the blouse. It looks too formal or something. Here's a bunch of my T-shirts. Do you want to wear one of those? And so she wears his T-shirt on stage, which uh-huh. I think was exciting to him. Mm-hmm. Um, And so they go on this Born in the USA tour. They start in arenas, I think, and then they graduate to stadiums by the end of it. They're going all around the world. It's just a super long tour. Um, Everyone feels like uh, Patty and Bruce are maybe going to get together. Mm -hmm. There's obvious like tension between them, Mm -hmm. romantic tension between them. But Springsteen also admits, he goes like, this is, I'm not in a relationship anymore. I'm suddenly really famous. Um, I'm going to go out there and date. So he starts to sort of like date around. He doesn't go for the groupies, he says. But this is, you know, pre-Raya or pre-E-Harmony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how Bruce Springsteen... Wait, there was a time when Raya didn't exist? <laughs> what are you talking about? This is, you know, nowadays if Bruce Springsteen were single, he'd go on E-Harmony. Right, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but b- th- back then he couldn't. So he's just sort of like dating people... And then out of nowhere, uh, Bruce starts dating a little person. Julianne Phillips? By the name of Julianne Phillips. Model, actress, Julianne Phillips. They have a sort of tabloid love affair, whirlwind tabloid love affair. So can I just jump in here for a sec? So when he meets Julianne Phillips, there had been some chemistry and romantic tension with patty yes but they had never They'd never hooked up consummated or hooked up or and whatever in, in fact she is in the band and can see what bruce is doing in terms of his dating and just life I and see. it's just kind of like okay like whatever dude yeah i see that's and, interesting and so he starts dating julianne phillips and he in his mind, he's thinking about how every single relationship he's ever been in has only lasted about two years, right? Uh-huh. And he goes, at two years, that's when the masks start coming off and everyone, for him, like everyone realizes he's a piece of shit, right? Uh-huh. And that's how he feels. Yeah. It's like, he's not worth love. He says he learned it from his dad, that his dad kind of treated anyone who loved him like shit yeah. uh, because, they, because he felt like he wasn't worth love. So if they loved him, they must be not worth love either. Yeah. 
pushing everyone away. So that's what he his patterns were, right? Mm-hmm. But he's six months into dating Julianne Phillips and proposes. And she says yes. They go off and and the press is following them, trying to figure out when they're going to get married. I remember this. I remember not having a firm grasp on who exactly. I mean, I knew right. Bruce Springsteen was, but you, it was a huge deal. It was a huge deal. They had to get married at midnight in Italy or something like that in order to throw the press off the scent. Yeah. Um, his family is there. Everyone's there. But... This is only six months into the relationship, and Bruce in his mind is saying, like, okay, well, when does she figure out I'm a piece of shit? Yeah. And um, so they go and do... By the way, Patty, weirdly enough, starts dating Tom Cruise. That's right. (laughs) I totally forgot about that. It's just a bizarre side story. Wow, she really one-ups Springsteen. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So... Good for her. They they finished this super, super long tour, and uh, Patty just goes back to do it. Like, I think she wasn't, I don't think she had the expectation she was a member of the band. She mm-hmm. just was on that tour, right? Sure. So she goes off, and she's working on her solo record. Mm-hmm. And Bruce says, like, at this point, I'm all bruised out. Like, the whole Bruce Springsteen persona. Right. I'm sick of it. Right. I'm over it. Right. It's been not only has it been the Born in the USA tour, but it's been like since the seventies yeah. that he's been doing the same you know, the this same E thing. Street band show. Yeah. The music has evolved, but his like persona has essentially yeah. stayed the same. It's and it's gotten as big as it could go. Yeah. They they put out the the live record, which was the box set uh called uh seventy five to eighty five. Seventy five to eighty five, yeah. Which was a how many records was it? It was a lot. It's uh, five records, a five LP wow. set of just live cuts. You know, he has this rep of being the best live performer. Yeah. And so they they took live cuts for the past 10 years and put it on this box set. It's a smash hit. Anything, I remember that being such a big deal too. Yeah, anything he touches is turning to gold. But at the end of the tour, he's like, God, I just can't even imagine being Bruce Springsteen anymore. There's a funny thing where like his manager, John Lando, says, oh, um, okay, well, it's time for you to meet your accountant. And he's never had an accountant before. (laughs) And he's like, accountant? What? (laughs) And He never had an accountant? No. one, One interesting thing I just found out was... You know how he's broke all the time in a lot of the yeah. our previous episodes. Yeah. I guess he he was a, a tax dodge guy. Uh-huh. He he never paid the right taxes uh-huh. until finally he was on the cover of Time and Newsweek in the same week, and they started paying attention to him. The and, IRS was like, "Wait a second, <laughs> yeah." So never they, heard of him. I think they audited all his all his money, and he's he's had to pay back like so much so probably. much money yeah. at this point. So, but finally at the the end of this tour, John Lando's like, okay, well, this was a big success. Do you want to meet your accountant? And he's like, I've never had, okay, yeah. And the accountant basically writes down a figure, which is like the biggest amount of money he's ever seen. Like this is your money now? This is your money now. Do you remember, because like in my 20s, before I like had acquired life skills and I was like doing guest spots and stuff. So I had all these W-2s from all these different places. And then I would save all my receipts. I used to go into H&R Block with W-2s and a 
plastic garbage bag yeah. filled with receipts yes. and just sit down and yeah. spend the entire day there with I, someone. I did my own taxes. So, you did, yeah. So I, but I had to save all those receipts and all that kind of stuff. God. And and uh, yeah, such a pain in the ass. But when you're an actor, you can write off so much yes. stuff because you're using it as research. Yeah. Like for instance, I bought um, this album, Tunnel of Love, and wrote it off. I'm able to write it off. Wow. If you can imagine. You can still feel that too. The yeah. fact that you were able to write off. I was twelve ninety nine glowing this morning. Oh. Those 1987 write-offs, they Ooh, sure feel man. good. Um, so he's he's super rich, uh, and um, but he's sick of Bruce Springsteen. He yeah. he gets married to this uh, Julianne Phillips, the the model actress. Fletch Lives from Fletch Lives, exactly. She meanwhile is like going off and doing movies like Fletch Lives, and he's on tour. They don't spend a lot of time together, mm-hmm. and Bruce Springsteen starts kind of resenting her and at one point he starts feeling like and he he says this was not the case but in his mind he's like is she only with me because of my money and because i'm famous and he says she's that was not the case but that was the insidious thing that was like in his mind particularly if you're not the person is not around you can start coming up with whatever you want right and so at some point he is just like really having trouble with this relationship. So, and he feels like he's achieved everything he can achieve with the Edible Street Band and doesn't really know how to kind of vocalize that to them, right? So he's sort of at the point where he wants to do what he did with the album Nebraska, which has just put out a record of him doing solo stuff. So he starts working at his new home studio which back when he did nebraska was just a four track which had just been invented mixing it to a boom box like in a barn yeah and now he has in his house he has a 24 track studio sure. so it still is semi-rudimentary but yeah. it's way it sounds everything sounds way better yeah and he starts off to thinking he's gonna write an album of love songs because he just got married yeah and so that's where he starts. There are there are songs that are just love songs, pure love songs of like a you know devotion, you know yeah. expressions of devotion. But the more he starts writing it, and the more he's having trouble with his marriage, the more dark. other songs, dark songs about love, start to seep in. And it turns out to be, uh, in terms of the lyrics, a very kind of mixed bag of love songs and songs that are doubting that love even exists. I would say predominantly pretty dark, pretty dark songs. Yes. Love songs. So he, in terms of the recording, uh, who do we have? We have, uh, produced by Bruce Springsteen, John Landau, and guess who's back? Chucky Plotz. Uh, the plotster, (laughs) the plotsters back. And um, what I think happens is Springsteen records all these at home, playing all the instruments, but and he uses a drum machine on it, um, which is the same drum machine that Prince used on When Doves Cry, hmm. and um, then starts to kind of go like, okay, how do we, do we replace some of the instruments, yeah. like the drums with real drums? What At some point, I think Chucky Plotz says, like, why don't we just re-record everything with the Edible Street Band? And Springsteen just, like, shoots him a look, like, ah, 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 ah. Because he's looking to kind of redefine his sound, who he is, his identity. He doesn't want to do the whole East Street Band thing again. So 
they'll uh, so someone else starts to mix it and make it sound a little more professional. I have a question. Yeah. Is it before or around this time that he officially disbands the E Street no. Band? No. That's later. That's later. He's okay. still he he everyone is kind of getting the hint. So basically yeah. like he'll call up Max and say, "Hey, do you want to come down and re-record some of these drums mm-hmm. that I've put on a drum machine?" But Max will just be sitting there just like hitting the snare. Right. And that's it. There's right? not like, much to do. There's not much to do. At one point, he says Springsteen flew him out just to do a drum fill into the chorus. Like, doo 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 He's like, okay, thanks, Max. Yeah. And so Max starts getting the hint and goes like, okay, I think I need to go back to law school. Yeah. So he goes back to law school. He goes back to law. Like, he doesn't have enough money from touring for 10 he years? He got paid in sandwiches. Oh, okay. So he had plenty of sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Okay. He sold them, though, to Jared from Subway. But he was, oh, that's not good. No. He was probably also just looking for something to do. Yeah. It's exactly. weird that he wouldn't, like, start a band. I don't know. Or, or join someone else's band or whatever. Or but, be the band leader on a talk show. Yeah, it's so weird that he wouldn't do that. No. Um, but um, he, he, Nils Lofgren is brought in just to play a solo on one song. Tunnel of Love. Tunnel probably. of Love, yeah. And... um. He's like, oh wow, that, uh, it's so flattering. You want me to play? He, he's never played on on a Springsteen record right. at this point, but he's like, it's so flattering because Bruce is such a good guitar player. Springsteen just tells him like, it's in C. That's all he tells him. So he like sort of practices some stuff in C, and then flies out and lays some stuff down. They spend all day just kind of like fucking around and yeah. putting together a bunch of stuff. And but that's all he does on it. I think Clarence sings on one song, but uh-huh. you can't really hear him. Uh, it it's really just a solo record and a solo record where he's it's got a lot of like drum machine stuff on it. Now everyone from the E Street Band plays on it, right? Just but it's I, disparate and kind of hodgepodge. I think Little Steven's not on it. Right? Gary Gary Talent. Oh, he would do this thing where like he would say, "Okay, if you can beat what I have, on, what I did on the recording, right. I'll keep it." So Gary Talent, he comes in and only plays bass on spare parts. Everything else they they don't use, right? Um, Patty comes in and sings backing vocals on three songs because he really likes her voice. Right. Um, Nils only does the guitar solo on Tunnel of Love and he does backing vocals on a song. Danny Federici does organ on three songs. Mm-hmm. Clarence only does backing vocals on one. You can't hear him. Roy Bitten does uh, piano on Brilliant Disguise and synth on Tunnel of Love. Wow! So like they're they're barely on this record, and whereas Bruce is like vocals, backing vocals, guitar, mandolin, bass, like everything. If you're guessing, yeah, he did. That's all, that's all I'm that's off the top of your totally head. Totally guessing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's and really, James Woods, the actor, is harmonica on spare parts, which is super cool. I don't think it's the actor James Woods. No, it's someone named James, James Wood. Wood. <laughs> um so he this is here's another thing. He plays it for little he plays the record for little Steven. Who's not on the album. Who's not on the record so cuz he's yeah. quit. He's he quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he plays it for little Steven cuz he and little Steven are still buddies. Yeah. There's a funny story in in Bruce's book where they get kicked out of Disneyland for wearing bandanas because <laughs> oh <my laughs> everyone thinks they're uh, either a blood or a crip. <laughs> they they went to Disneyland, just the two of them? Yeah, and little Stephen's like so excited 
and they get kicked out and are like, fuck you, we're going to Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> and then they go to Knott's Berry Farm and they're like, we're not letting you in with these bandanas either. Why don't these take the fucking bandanas off? Because little Steven doesn't want to take his bandana okay. off. And so Bruce backs him up and goes, I'm not taking mine okay. off either. All right. Well, that's what happens, I guess. <laughs> um, as Springsteen says, he's the little Steven is the creator of the male babushka. <laughs> um, but he plays this record for little Steven and little Steven goes, what is this shit? And he goes, I don't know, like, this is what I'm going through right now. Yeah. And little Steven goes, no one cares what you're going through. <laughs> like, you're you're here singing for the common man. You're singing yeah. about what they're going through. No one gives a shit about what you're going through. Yeah. And they're like, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> oh, so they got, like, yeah, into they, it. They got into a big argument about it. Whoa. And little Steven goes, I think he heard what I had to say, though. <laughs> but he put it out. He put so. it out, so maybe he didn't. But, um. So yeah, that's where that's that's where this is when the album comes out. Okay. That's the background of, of And the E Street band is kind of left to be like, well, he doesn't okay. even we'll talk about it after we hear the record, but there are no plans to even tour right. at this point. So that's where everything is at for this album. That's the background. We have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to listen to it and decide whether this album, which is following up one of the biggest albums of all time, whether it's a righteous follow-up or whether it's a stinkeroony. Let's find out. Let's find out. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more. You spring and spring scene on my bean after this. Sounds like a Tom Petty song in a great way. Yeah. Rendezvous. You know, Full Moon Fever was similar as first solo album for Tom Petty when he would have, like all the heartbreakers are on it except for Stan Lynch, I think. Mm -hmm. And they all kind of came in and did little bits and pieces. But the Stan Lynch, the drummer, was not invited. That's right. I remember, I, I watched that uh, Peter Bogdanovich oh, yeah. documentary. Yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Tunnel of Love, uh, it comes out on October 4th of 1987. Now, what was, do, do you remember this coming out? Totally. What What was your point of view on it? I remember, because I was like in high school and just starting, you know, kind of like, I guess I was like 15, 14, 15, really like plugged into MTV and everything. And Brilliant Disguise and Tunnel of Love were played constantly. The videos for those. So this is really strange to me because I was 17. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I was in acting school. Yeah, I got, maybe the year before was my peak MTV, or maybe the year after were my peak MTV. 17, you're like not Sem at home as much. And I also was going to regular high school during the day and mm -hmm. then going to the School of the Arts in the afternoon. Yeah, and you probably didn't have time like to give so, a shit. But I, I, remember, I remember it came out, Yeah, but I never heard a single song from really? it for... 10 years. Oh, wow. Until I heard covers of some of the songs huh. by, by bands that I did like. This, as far as I was concerned, this album bricked because I never, it, it made no cultural impact. What I does thought. bricked mean? Uh, did poorly. Oh. Um, 
like was a uh, a bomb. Yeah, yeah. Because I I just never heard any of the songs. Uh, it, it didn't seep in to the yeah. cultural consciousness the way Born in the USA did. Right? No, not at all. But it was. I mean, it was a big. I was a big Rolling Stone reader at yeah. a subscription. It was all over that. I felt like I read about it more than I ever yes. heard any song from. And the whole thing about his relationship and the E Street Band not being as involved. As someone that wasn't a Bruce Springsteen fan at the time, I got tons of info about it. Right. But the 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 videos, particularly Tunnel of Love, the and Brilliant Disguise was the first single, I think. Brilliant Disguise was first, then Tunnel of Love. Yeah. And Tunnel of Love was on all the time and I thought it was annoying. I maybe so I maybe I heard the Tunnel of Love but I yeah. but I I just I was surprised because when I I looked up this record it actually was kind of a hit. It was a number, yeah. it was a number 1 record which yeah. although that you, you could have put out anything and it would have been a number 1 yeah. hit for Bruce because pre-orders would have been so huge. Yes. That being a number 1 album is no big deal. And but two of the songs, "Brilliant Disguise" and "Tunnel of Love," were top ten hits, and then I think uh, "One Step Up" was thir- went up to thirteen or something. Tougher than the rest is huge. I mean, no, well, that was never even a single though in the but US. Just but just culturally, culturally, it's like, oh my god, this but song. It, it just it did not feel like it made any impact to me, and it kind of felt like Springsteen yeah. was over. Well, he was definitely the. It was definitely kind of a boomer thing, and boomers at that point were young, young yeah. like yuppies. Were, they were like 15, 16 at that point. Yeah, they were like 12 years old. But the <laughs> fact, but also him in like a suit on the cover yeah. with the t- completely different aesthetic. It was like, it was this another Annie huge, Leibovitz yeah. uh, cover, but he's in a black suit with a bolo uh, with tie. With a bolo tie. It looks very, very late 80s. Yes. Uh, it, it looks like everyone in the Roy Orbison uh, <laughs> tribute movie. <laughs> tribute movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, but also the, the, uh, the, What's the? Um, He's leaning against a car. I wonder what kind of car this is. I'm gonna <laughs> I'll bet you it's a Cadillac. <laughs> the Bo Diddley kind of rhythm of the first song. It was right around the time of Desire, and yeah, hey, it was. Guess what? What? It's a Cadillac. Is it a Cadillac? T Bird. Thunderbird. Uh, that's not a Cadillac. That's not a Cadillac. So close. I love the cover of this album. I think he looks awesome and he I looks love bolo ties. Cool. But it definitely is like I I, I feel like every, the the conversation around it was like, oh, he's trying something different. Yes, and then to totally. me to me, I felt like it sank like a stone because I never heard any song mm-hmm. from it. So I was just like, Oh, okay, well, we don't need to pay attention to Bruce Springsteen anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I I never heard any of these songs until about ten years later when I heard um, a couple of covers by a couple of artists I really liked. We'll talk about that when the songs come up. But okay. um, so, but did you ever buy this record? When, I did. Like when you caught up with it, the same a way couple years later because I remember liking Brilliant Disguise, but it wasn't my thing. But then just a couple of years later, in the you know Columbia. Uh, Oh yeah, the record, the record club. What was your or alias again? I know we always talk about. That. I had so many aliases. <laughs> I mean, friends would come over. They'd be like, "How do you have like a hundred CDs? Where did you get these?" Um, I got it then, and brilliant disguise or something. I always put on mixtapes and stuff. Oh, alongside that Cadillac song. Yes. <laughs> 
All right. Oh, and the first yeah. song I would put on because it's short and catchy. So it was short, meaning like it could fit like, on to the mixtape. Well, if you had like a minute and a half at the oh, end, right. isn't it a short it's two, song? two minutes and 11 seconds. Okay. If yeah. you had two minutes and 11 seconds at the end of a tape, if you only had two minutes and nine seconds, you're out of luck. You're just going to get tape hiss. Yep. You don't want that. No. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, you want to hear some of this? Yeah. All right. Let's hear it. This is how, this is track one on side one. This is how the new Bruce Springsteen sound starts. And uh, this is a song called Ain't Got You by Bruce Springsteen. I got the fortunes of heaven and diamonds and gold. I got all the bonds, baby, that the bank could hold. Well, I got houses across the country, honey, hand to hand. And everybody but who wants to be my friend. Well, I got all the riches, baby, and Man ever knew, but the only thing I ain't got, honey, I ain't got you. I got a house full of Rembrandt and priceless art, and all the little girls that wanna tear me apart. When I walk down the street, people stop and stare. Well, you think I'm at the thrill, but baby. I don't care, cause I got more good luck, honey, than old King Peru. But the only thing I got, baby, I ain't got you. I got, got the Bo Diddley beats. Yeah, it was this, it was George Michael's faith, it was desire, desire yeah. it was a real thing at the time. Yeah. So this is, I mean, very stripped down. Yeah. No E Street, Edible Street Band. Yeah. To, I mean, barely any percussion. Yeah. Just a guy going, Dick. I presume that's Bruce Springsteen. The harmonica? That's James Wood. No, I mean, just going, uh, Dick, Dick. On the little wood block. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's electronic, though. Probably. Maybe he bought one. He had enough money at the time. Really? Those are expensive. Maybe he had like a woodshed out back and he just... Oh, he probably made one. Yeah. Maybe he got Nick Offerman to make yeah. him one. That's how he got famous. There's that video, I think, of this song where Bruce Springsteen is at a concert and he pulls someone up from the crowd and it's Nick Offerman and Nick Offerman just <laughs> makes a wood block for him. <laughs> oh, God. I wish that was true. That would be amazing. Um, so, uh, pretty, I think, standard issue love song, kind of satirical. Like he's got all this money, but it, he doesn't have you. But he's also acknowledging how his life has changed and how he's also kind of in putting himself down a little bit, saying, like, I'm mm. getting paid all this money to do what comes naturally. It's easy for me. Right. Like, I don't deserve that. It kind of falls in line with what you were saying. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. What do you think about it as an opener, though? I like it because it's such a statement. It is a statement of like, hey, I'm not going to do the yeah. Edible Street Band stuff anymore. Totally. Which I think is admirable. But when I think about the album as a whole in retrospect, I wonder why it didn't start with Tunnel of Love. But Yeah, or Brilliant Disguise. Right. Brilliant Disguise doesn't actually sound like an opener, I guess. I don't think so either. But I feel like Tunnel of Love is a mission statement as well of like, yeah. hey, love is scary. Like what he ended up saying it's not as stripped down though so maybe he wanted it to yeah, start maybe, a little more spare 
Because if you started with Tunnel of Love and we'll hear Tunnel of Love, it's got so many keyboards that yeah. maybe people would have been like, sell out. But yeah. this is more of a statement of like, hey, we're going to be doing stripped down songs. Yeah. We're going to, yeah. So. Tunnel of Love is also kind of a band song. So it, yeah. it's, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a, it, as far as a song goes, it's not as a fleshed out and a full like Bruce Springsteen song. It's just sort of a slight little kind of right. comment on on what he's doing. But um, I, I I really like it. I, I always liked it. And especially if you have two minutes and 11 seconds. Oh, two minutes, 11 of, seconds. You can't do any better. Yeah. There's got to be other two minute and 11 second songs. No, that, that's the only one. No, okay. All right. So uh, that was Ain't Got You. Um, and let's go to track two. On and and also you got James Woods playing harmonica. <laughs> This is tougher than the rest. also is maybe more of a straight ahead love song uh yeah yeah this was this was probably the first song from this record that i heard because uh in the mid 90s i heard the everything but the girl cover of it which i've i think a couple people that i've dated have been really into that particular cover it's like stripped down and was there was this on the Jerry Maguire soundtrack too? Huh. I know there's an original Bruce Springsteen song on Jerry Maguire, but or maybe a different Cameron Crowe movie. Huh. Huh. I don't know. There's is this nothing. an episode of Huh? I think it is. Hey everyone, welcome to Huh. This is Scott, and this is Scott. And today we're just kind of saying, huh, huh. There are things, it's similar to things that make you go, hmm, but it's different. It's a little too different. I don't think it's similar at all. Thank you. It's more like things that make you go, huh, 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 
Son, you're dead. Right this way. Huh. Huh. Bye. Bye. Okay. Huh. 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 All right. Hey. Um. I don't know if it's in Jerry Maguire or not. Okay. Um. But yeah, I heard the uh, everything but the girl version. Let's hear a little bit of that. And so it made me appreciate the song because I kind of feel like the Springsteen version has very like '80s production. Yeah, I kind of like that about it, but... Oh, yeah, this is good. You're all dressed up in blue I've been watching you, God Maybe you've been watching me, too So somebody ran out Yeah, just made me really like this song. I know a few people who would put this on mixtapes and stuff. And I was like, oh, Bruce Springsteen song. Oh, wow, interesting. I'd never heard this album. That's a really nice song. It's uh, Secret Garden on uh, Jerry Maguire, but I thought that was in it too, but I'm probably mistaken. Secret Garden, we'll be talking about that in a future app. Well, too secret at this point. Yeah. He hadn't even written it. Yeah, total secret. So what do we think of uh, Tougher Than the Rest? I love it. Great I love song. That song. Yeah. I, and I really like that big, thick keyboard sitting on top of it. Um, Is that Roy Button? You know, I don't know. But yeah, I do love that song. Uh, I love that song. Weinberg does the snare and he hits one cymbal during it. But there's that big, it starts with the drum. Is that not I've, I've, Max? So let's, let's hear it. It's because it's, the bass I think is a machine. And he's hitting the snare. Whoa, wow. Stick, stick. And then there's a lot of echo on that drum. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, a beautiful song. I think he, yeah. when he does it these days, too, he'll, you know, all the 80s production is kind of stripped out of it in the live version these days, obviously. But uh, really nice song. Uh, it's... Uh... It's Danny Federici is the Hammond organ on Tough Aha, Federici. Federici. Okay, track three of side one. This is All That Heaven Will Allow. This is by Bruce Springsteen. I got a dollar in my pocket. There ain't a cloud of I got a picture in a locket 
This is the most cheery song, I think, on the record. Yeah. Seems like the record might be starting with more straightforward love songs. Yeah, and then, and then getting yeah. uh, darker and darker as it goes. But yeah, these these first three are all like, oh, wow, Springsteen's yeah. in love. Great. Yeah. Um, that's a fun song. What do you Yeah, think? I like it. Okay. I like it. <laughs> what do you think? I like it. It's um I w- It's interesting cuz I, I I don't know that it's ever like risen to the top of my list of great Springsteen songs, no, me but I enjoy it. Like yeah. if you put it on a playlist, I would <laughs> <laughs> I would listen That's right. to it. Um okay, so then hard cut to track 4 of side 1. This is Spare Parts. parts begins talking about Bobby promising to pull out but he didn't so they had a baby and Bobby said later is that what he said yeah oh wow what do you think he said I wasn't listening to the (laughs) lyrics (laughs) um yeah this is more hard and a little more pessimistic Mm-hmm. This was a single. It was? Yeah, this was a single. It went up to... Oh, wait, no, not in the U.S. Is that right? No, it was not in the U.S., yeah. But a uh, single in other countries. Live favorite. You got uh, James Woods on the harmonica going... I don't think that's James Woods, though. Well, according to Wikipedia, it is. Oh, okay. What do we think of Spare Parts, Adam? Um, oh, yeah, you're right. That is James Woods. Uh, I, uh, Yeah, it's fine. It's like a, an album track that I don't wouldn't like reach for. I think it's, it's good. Like how, if it was next to you, would you press play on it? Like if you didn't have to like get up? Like there, if there was a machine there that only played that song, would yeah. I press play on it? Yeah, sure. If it was like right now, how how far away would it have to be for you to say like I'm not getting up and playing? It would have to be like all the way across town. Across town, you wouldn't. Do it. But if it were in the same room with you, you would sure. get up. Yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, I would imagine it's great live. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not like one of my favorite 
uh, Bruce Springsteen songs. What, what about you, Scott? It is feeling like this album that they're front loading all of the more classic. It almost feels like Elvis Costello's King of America record, uh-huh. you know, where it's like, hey, this is a classic rock record. Mm-hmm. This is an East Street band, just rock meets soul. Almost even born in the USA. What do you mean? How they front loaded that with the oh. more kind of. Right, right, right. I thought you were saying this is a lot like Born in the USA in terms of the sound. No, but front loading like the more kind of recognizably. All right, this is uh, track five. <laughs> on you, you're one. the one that started this making the This is called Cautious Man. Bill Orton was a cautious man of the road. He walked looking over his shoulder and remained faithful to his code. When something caught his eye, he'd measure his need, and then very carefully he'd proceed. Billy met a young girl in the early days of May. It was there in her arms, he let his cautiousness slip away. In their lover's twilight As the evening sky grew dim He'd lay back in her arms And laugh at what had happened to him On his right hand Billy tattooed the word love And on his left hand was the word fear And in which hand he held his faith was never clear Coming down summer He took his young lover for his bride With his own hands Built her great house Down by the riverside Cautious man Similar melody to Highway Patrolman Oh yeah Yeah it feels Kind of like a I know what you mean, because I guess what I'm trying to say is, is it feels almost like a, an old song that, you know how a lot of older, older songs have kind of similar melodies, like they're all yeah. sort of classics. Uh-huh. It's like not trying to do anything daring with the melody. Um, he says, Springsteen says, this is very autobiographical about a, a person who falls in love, marries, but fears his own wandering heart. Mm. And... Uh, this is kind of where everything starts to go bad on the record. Right. Yeah, I like this song. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's good. I, I don't know that I, would I reach for this? I don't know. How far away would it need to be for you to not reach for it? I'm trying to tell if I could, if I never heard the song ever again, would I be mad? If it was 40 yards away and you had a Segway, would you zip over there and press play? Yeah. Okay. You know I would. All right. No, this album is vibes. It's definitely a, a yeah. certain vibe more than I'm enjoying the songs. There are, There's an overall vibe to this album that more than any of his albums preceding it, I would say it's more of a snoozer 
than anything that came before. Mm -hmm. Right. But I love the parts of it. Parts of it, yeah. But I feel like it's it's a little um treading water a little bit. Right. Okay, well let's hear the last song on side 1. This is Walk Like a Man by Bruce Springsteen. I remember our fear and felt on my on my within day. And the tears cried on my shoulder I couldn't turn away. Well, so much has happened to me that I don't understand. All I can think of is being five years old, following behind you at the beach, tracing your footprints in the sand, trying to walk like a man. This is about his father. This is a good song about his father, though, mm. as opposed to all the other ones. Mm. About a guy standing up on at the altar waiting for his bride to come and he's thinking about his own father. Mm-hmm. I've heard this song many times. I couldn't ever hum it to you, though. Yeah, I know. Same. Not breaking through to me, but uh, walk like a man. Hey, some apes did it. And everything on this earth is different because of it. Yep, that's right. Yeah, it's a little boring, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. But uh, all right, so that's side one. What do we think about uh, side one so far? There's a couple classics, a couple that are I'd like say one a little, classic. Yeah, tougher than the rest. Tougher than the yeah. rest, yeah. There's a classic. And then some ones that I... Kind of harmless, yeah, nice like, songs. Yeah, and then a, a few that are just like snoozers, maybe. Yeah. Okay, let's go to track uh, one on side two. This is a single. This was the second single, and um, we were. This is the last song that they recorded, I believe, mm. or a, a late one of the latest editions, where suddenly Springsteen sort of figured out this song, and he got a lot of the band to come in and play on it. Um, this is Tunnel of Love, the titular Tunnel of Love by Bruce Springsteen. Gotta ride 
So definitely the most forward thing. Oh, here's the uh, Nils Lofgren solo. The most forward sounding song on the record, I think. Yeah. I, I almost feel like this sounds a lot like some of his 90s work, like yeah. Streets of Philadelphia and, and Secret Garden. Um, it's the most fullest band yeah. sound. But you so thought far. it was annoying when you. Well, just because it was on all the time and it wasn't. You know, when MTV, you would just watch waiting for right. the waiting videos for the you, you wanted. Yeah. yeah, and they would play just like such a random assortment of like heavy metal and that's right and i remember this and little little lies the the fleetwood mac song oh, were yeah. out at the <laughs> tell same me time lies, tell me sweet and i had to sit through them so many times <laughs> um this went to number nine this is i maybe heard it when it was out but i, yeah. I don't know um this is all about using the funhouse tunnel of love as yeah. a metaphor for his own marriage um, you hear a lot of like sounds they recorded at an actual amusement park. Yeah. Um, what do you think in retrospect now? I mean, I like it for all of the uh, production touches of the time. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I, I like that sound. Um, but it's not like the greatest song. It's Yeah, it's it, not like a Glory Days or no. Dancing in the Dark, but I, I like it. I think, it, I think it's one of my... F- it, it's not uh, uh, as opposed to the three classics I think that are on this record. It's like number four to me. Of, yeah, me of too. Like, I, I I really I would rather listen to a whole album of this than some of the stuff that's on. Sure, the record. I do. I do. I've always liked the song uh, since I've kind of become a a Springsteen uh, fan, but and also an amusement park ride operator. Yeah, uh, I mean it's um, must listen for any amusement park enthusiast. Um, okay, so that let's go to track two on side two. This is Two Faces, which is the theme to Face Off, I believe. Yeah, they played this constantly in that movie. I met a girl and we ran away. I swore I'd make her happy every day. And how I made her cry Two faces apart Sometimes, mister, I feel sunny and wild Oh, Lord, I love to see my baby smile And dark clouds come rolling by Two faces apart So this is a song that he talks about when someone asked him, like, okay, so he, but when he revealed that he had depression, what what songs do you think that you sort of uh, talked about this? Yeah, and this is the first one that he mentioned because he talks about having two faces. Yeah. One's happy and one's... Kind of a cry for help kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so this is this is smack dab and we're in the deep end of him trying to say hey my marriage is in trouble yeah. um what do you think of two faces 
I like it. This is one where I could do without some of the, like, that guitar part just then. The it's wee- a, wee- yeah, yeah. Wee- I like the song, though. I, think it's I really like the melody of it, yeah. yeah. I like this song. Yeah, yeah maybe, a, maybe a different arrangement, but, um, yeah. I like the electronic drums mm-hmm. in there, too. I, I, they I kind of go, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Um, okay, so then um, we're on to, I think, one of the three... SCC Stone Cold Classics. Yep. This is the first single uh, top 10 hit. This is Brilliant Skies by Bruce Springsteen. Disguise, all about the masks we wear. Isn't during it during Halloween? Yeah, it's gonna say, isn't it a Halloween song? I think it might be. Um, it is such an interesting follow-up single to "Born in the USA." Yeah, like doesn't sound anything like. No, it's country tinged. Yeah. Great melody, great harmony. He's harmonizing with himself. Yeah. But no real, the drums are just these. Doom, tick, doom, doom, yeah. Tick. Um, but uh, great song. I, it's one of my very favorite songs of his. And I'd never heard it when it was a single. I didn't hear it until 10 years later, Elvis Costello put out a cover. The video, as far as I remember it, is just one push in on him singing the song. There's oh, no really? cut, as, as far as I remember. Interesting. I'll have to fact Should I that. say as far as I remember a couple more times? Yeah, I think so. Um, I love also the version, the broad, the Springsteen on Broadway Oh, yeah, the Broadway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Um, let's hear a little of the Elvis Costello version. This is... I hold you in my arms. This is the, the first version I ever heard. So I thought that this song, I was like, oh, this is Bruce Springsteen? This really? must be a country. What is this on? What album is it? Uh, it was a B-side, but then it's on Kojak Variety, uh, like the expanded edition. Well, I saw you last night Out on the edge of town I want to read your mind And know just what I got In this new thing I found Interesting, but this is the version that I, I like that that I was really familiar with for a yeah. long time. So when I heard the Springsteen version, I was like, "Oh, he does it faster." Yeah, <laughs> I like to. Is that you, baby, or just a brilliant disguise? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, brilliant disguise. One of the classics on this. 
but also a weird left turn for yeah. most people who were Springsteen fans going like, this is the lead track? Yeah. It was a good choice for, for a single as far as, you know, making a statement or something. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so uh, this is now track four on side two. This is, I would say, the other, the third Stone Cold classic. Mm-hmm. This is One Step Up by Bruce Springsteen. one step up adam love it yeah one of the better melodies on this that's so good album uh it is all about a couple arguing and slamming doors and then at the end he sees his wife again and but only in his dreams seems like he's trying to tell us something i don't know i i I don't get it um i guess eddie vetter loves the song because he covered it before he was in Pearl Jam with it uh you want to hear I haven't heard any of this sure. let's go this is on YouTube maybe we'll uh this is before he was in Pearl Jam yeah like he just basically tried to recreate wow. the exact studio version woke up this morning the house was cold took the barn and she wasn't burning whoa when I'm hopping my old four Hit the engine but she ain't turning Giving each other some hard lessons lately what, uh, what do you think? I like that. Yeah, it's cool. I've never heard that before. That's cool. That's on YouTube? Uh, www.youtube.com, I believe is where I have not heard of that. You can find that song. Um, okay, so we have two songs left on this record. And I could not pick them out of a lineup, but let's listen to them. Yeah. Um, this is When You're Alone. Times were tough and love was not enough. So you said, sorry, Johnny, I'm gone, gone, gone. You said my act was funny, but we both knew what was missing, honey. So you lit out on your own. Now that pretty form that you've got, baby. We'll make sure you get along But you're gonna find out someday, honey When you're alone, you're alone 
I think I remember this now. Yeah, I remember it now. I think it suffers from being too samey to some of the vibe on the rest of the record. Yeah, that's sort of for me what this album suffers from generally is. Right, but but a nice enough song. I like the song a lot, actually. It's all about the emptiness of solitude. You think it might be about when you're alone? Uh, I guess you're right. Yeah, that's probably what it's about. Okay, this is the final song. This is Valentine's Day. This is by Bruce Springsteen. Who is this one by? Oh, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Thanks. song has no chorus so i'm just gonna jump hmm. in okay uh it's fine yeah, it's fine valentine's day what if you played this for your wife on valentine's day <laughs> like, honey honey check this out <laughs> it's a 40 year old song with no <laughs> chorus okay so that's tunnel of love um there are a few outtakes we don't have time to play I what do say, you think generally of the album? Like, I like I like the swing. I like the big swing. Yeah. Of, hey, let's get rid of the edibles. And let's put out just, like, he's obviously going through shit. So yeah. I like it for that. I would say it's not as successful as Nebraska, where it's, yeah. um, it just kind of feels a little all over the place and sometimes a little samey. Yeah. Um, I've heard other albums that are like an artist stripping things down like for instance i mentioned elvis costello's king of america which i think are more successful yeah better songwriting on some of it some of these are just a little bland for me yeah it seems like on nebraska he had something he had to say whereas this it's sort of saying one thing over and over again i think it also suffers from the fact that he was still with his wife and not delivering a straight up breakup album he's yeah. trying to obscure it a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and if he if he just would have waited a little bit uh he could have done a straight up breakup album yeah um so let's talk about what happened so um he puts this record out he's he doesn't even think he's gonna tour with it but i think i think he feels the vibe that people aren't paying attention to it yeah. all that much so he schedules a tour a shorter tour and he calls it Patty and he says like, Hey, do you want, do you want to come on this tour? Yeah. And she says, well, I have my solo record I'm working on. And he goes, it'll be short. It'll be short. Yeah. It's not going to be like the last one. We're just going to do a short one. So, uh, they, they call it the tunnel of love express tour. Mm -hmm. Um, which means he's doing less nights, uh, in every city, which then of course, everyone's like, 
this is Bruce Springsteen on tour again. We all got to go. It makes yeah. like the ticket prices insane. Right. Because he's doing smaller venues and, and less nights, right? With the E Street Band. And though. it's with the Edible Street yeah. Band. He gathers the Edible Street Band. But what he intentionally wants to say to the audience, we're not doing the Bruce Springsteen show. Right. So he puts everyone in different places than they've ever been on stage. So... If Clarence was on the left all the time, he puts him on the right and and vice versa. You know, anyone who is has their usual spot in the Edible Street Band, he puts him in a different place and he puts Patty front and center. And then it also starts with like everything's carnival themed. Uh-huh. And it's he's got a ticket taker and the band enters two by with two at a time and like gives their tickets and rips it up before they get up on on stage. Mm. They have um, the Miami Horns, who are uh, it's uh, the the horn section from Conan. Um, this is, I think, where Max meets them. Oh, interesting. Um, they are doing horns. Uh, Bruce has always wanted to have a horn section on stage. He's never been able to afford it until he had that fateful meeting with his accountants, right? Where he <laughs> learned that he's a rich person. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he eschews any song that they're known for playing, right? Um, like, like doesn't the, play born to run yeah, or does, anything. He does do born. He does born to run in a stripped down acoustic version, oh. but like all of the big E street band sort of staples. Yeah. He doesn't play and he instead plays B sides and it's, it, there's an intermission in the middle. Like the whole first section I think is very confusing to people because yeah. he's playing tunnel of love tracks and he's doing B sides that are all in the vein of the, the lyrics of tunnel of love. Yeah and covers and stuff. And then he sort of like does the second set. He kind of ends on like, he plays some of the, a few of the old favorites, but everyone is just sort of like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, and the band must've been weirded out that they were all rearranged. Yeah. Everyone's kind of like, what, why are, why are we doing this? Meanwhile, he brings Patty on and he's been working with Patty. Like, in the studio Uh for a while working on, as he puts it in his book on their duets in quotes and Julianne Phillips like joins the tour for a couple of dates and Mm. she dances on stage during part of it. And Uh then she's just gone and everyone notices Bruce doesn't have his wedding ring on. Uh, I guess in his book, there was a little overlap and he and Patty get together and then he has to mention it to, and and then he tells Julianne Phillips and they decide they're breaking up. And, but the, the problem is, is he's intentionally private about this. So he says, we're not putting out a statement. No one gets, deserves to hear about our public or our our personal life, which then he's photographed in his underwear with Patty on a balcony (laughs) in a hotel during the tour. I think I remember this. And it's major news of like, he's cheating on his wife with Patty, uh, which totally fucked up and he regrets. He was like, I should have put out a statement. I, it was the worst thing that I could yeah. have done to her, to Julianne Phillips. Yeah. So just major tabloid news, uh, while all of this is happening. And meanwhile, he's with Patty and she's seen, she's already like, because she was part of the band, she's already seen the, yeah. the, 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 some of the worst sides of him. And so they're arguing a lot, which he says is a good thing because he's never argued in a relationship before. He's always been very passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. And he goes like, I don't have a problem. You have the problem. Mm -hmm. Whereas he's obviously putting out a vibe of I have a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, But he and Patty are 
working through it and arguing and um he starts to feel like this is the most real relationship he's ever had because he's actually being honest with her he's also going to therapy um and they do the tunnel of love tour and it ends and uh patty says hey i'm pregnant and with the baby with an actual baby it wasn't an alien aliens you know alien slash aliens type situation where it's like you know i have i have a creature xenomorph bursting out of my chest um yeah she says i'm pregnant and he just totally like relaxes and gives into it and that is where the story ends for now very interesting and takes another chunk of time off yes we'll get to that in our next episode but um yeah so what do we think uh that's tunnel of love what do we think it's funny because i think of tunnel of love as one of my favorite bruce springsteen albums but then whenever i listen to it i remember like oh yeah this is kind of like a little boring and samey and some huge peaks but that's some, the thing is it's got three such yeah. great songs on it that you kind of go like i like the whole and vibe. then even the album tracks some of them are great but then it's 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 almost like uh it wasn't pieced together correctly like it's a little too similar everything if he just would have waited a year he probably would have come out with something really interesting yeah um he would have done away with maybe all but then again, he might have done away with Tougher Than the Rest, which is yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. one of the best songs on the record. But yeah. interesting. And inter- I mean, it's definitely interesting, but it definitely for a person who was not even really that into Bruce Springsteen, it felt like a nail in the coffin mm-hmm. and all the time he took off after it. Like if he had followed it up a year later with Here's an E Street Band, yeah. Edible Street Band. He clearly wanted to clear the decks and just not be that guy anymore. Yeah. And he wasn't. Nope. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Um, Adam, anything else you want to say to the fans out there? Thank you very, very much for everything. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful sentiment from Adam Scott here. Um, We're going to see you next time. Until then, we sincerely hope that you found what you're looking for. Bye. Bye.